Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Panoply, panorama, panpipe, pansy, aha, pansexual, knowing no boundaries of sex or gender. Sound interesting? Then join Sally on Sundays at noon for Out of the Pan. All those gender questions making you think too hard? Whether it's transgender, bisexual, polyamorous or beyond, we'll throw those questions into the pan and cook up the answers for you. So go on, push that gender envelope only on 3CR 855am digital and 3cr.org.au. CR 855am, 3CR Digital, 3cr.org.au, 3CR On Demand, Out of the Pan, a show covering pansexual issues, first broadcasting noon till one every uh, Sunday and currently on Australian Eastern Summertime for the second week of 2021. Thanks for your company. 3CR proudly broadcasts from the lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation and if possible... I'm going to ask for a little something extra today. Um, someone did this during the week and I thought it was brilliant. If you are able to, so if you're, um, please don't be distracted if driving, but seriously, if you are sitting or standing, imagine your feet going into the ancient earth of 60,000 years plus. Imagine the spirit, the reconciliation, the conversations that have happened on all of these lands that make up these continent and connect with feeling to our Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples. And we acknowledge any Aboriginal and or Torres Strait Islander people listening in 
via the show live or via other means and acknowledge that the land which you have dug your toes into was stolen and never ceded. Lots of ways to get in touch with the show. Um, you can email out of the pan 855 at gmail.com, SMS 61456751215. You can tweet at Sal Gold said so, and that's the bottom line. And look for posts on Facebook on my page, Sally Goldner AM and Out of the Pan, 3CR, 855 AM Melbourne. And remember, any opinions on this program are my own personal opinions, and any resemblance to um, opinions of other organisations is purely coincidental. Opened up with four seasons in one day, one for uh, Melbourne, definitely. Um, the climate a bit all up and down and round and around and up and down, so it could be a could be a song, could be a chubby checker song in that. Anyway, um, just having a look at the uh, temperatures um, today, a forecast top of 17, and then over the remainder of the week, we've got a range from um, up to 29. Um, yes, it's Melbourne, it's springtime. Um, hashtag Melbourne, hashtag caffeine. So yes, opened up with Crowded House and a bit of Australasian music today. Um, but also, we've had a couple of um, very important days, I think, of great relevance to society and rainbow communities in general. Yesterday was Mental Health Day, and again, thanks to Simon for the chat last week and um, the great work um, Wild at Heart are doing. Yesterday was also a um, day of awareness against the death penalty. Now, of course, um, there's lots to talk about here and lots of relevance to queers. So my dear friend Kayleen White and I had a radio cuppa um, and had a chat about this yesterday. Uh, let's have a listen to part one of what Kayleen and I had to say. Okay, Sally, I've been a member of Amnesty International on and off since the early 1980s. It's a fairly important part for me of my human rights activism. And one of the things that they sent through a little while ago was a little information pack about actions that people can take on the upcoming World Day Against the Death Penalty, which is occurring this year on the 10th of October. That's a day which was started by the uh, World Coalition Against the Death Penalty, and it's now supported by quite a few NGOs, governments, uh, and the European Union and the United Nations. So it started small, but it seems to have become quite a significant event. Mm -hmm. the, yeah, look, sorry, here you go. Yeah, I was going to say the, the, the sort of, uh, we can talk about the sort of actions, but I'll, I'll get, you, get your thoughts on that so far. Yeah, look, I think that there's two thoughts that leap to mind that, I struggle even, let's say, if someone has committed huge crimes generally, such as a mass murderer or, you know, someone, let's say, is even guilty of genocide, you know, there's arguments to and from the death penalty and some might say, well, they deserve it. But on the other hand, you might say, well, you know, is that some people might say it's an easy way out. They don't have to reflect on themselves and face some degree of, punishment so there's debates True. there and the other yeah. and the other point that comes up of course is this program out of the pan which covers pansexual issues knowing no boundaries of sex or gender while we value diversity in life um obviously we you know there's issues for and i will specifically use lgbt here because at least 13 countries still have the death penalty on their books for lgbt people um, as part of the 70 that have some degree of criminalisation as well. So there's, you know, obviously a few issues to start us off there. And, you know, from your point of view, you know, it might seem incredibly obvious, but what are the arguments in your words for complete abolition of the death penalty, we'll say, without, without condition? I guess the, the one that really stands out for me is that, if you want to demonstrate the sanctity of life, then you have to live that and demonstrate it by not taking other people's lives. You can't argue that life's important and then impose a death penalty. The other um, arguments about it is to include that you know, there are cases where people have been executed and subsequently found to be innocent. Mm. So it's an ultimate 
um, punishment that cannot be reversed or any in any way made good if there was an error. The death penalty is often discriminatory. It's uh, often used against the most vulnerable people in society, people who cannot afford to get a, a good defence, people who have been put into circumstances that are less than desirable because of inequality. And it's uh, also considered by many people to be the ultimate cruel, inhuman and degrading punishment. So on t when you consider that it is used against LGBT people, then I think, yeah, it's definitely something that is cruel, inhuman and degrading. So a few, few arguments there, I think. And, yeah, very, very valid. And I think particularly that one about where someone had, well, there's, you know, they're all but two that leapt out for me as you were, um, you know, talking there. One is that if someone is proven innocent, you can't bring them back to life. I mean, there's an, you know, you, you might, might, in big inverted commas, be able to give someone, you know, say if you did life imprisonment instead, um, you might be able to compensate someone for the loss of freedom, that sort of thing. But, you know, we don't have a way of bringing people back to life. Yes. And then, of course, there's the distress for um, friends, families, relatives, supporters of, of those people who lose their loved one and then find out afterwards as well. Yeah. And I totally agree with you on, you know, the issue of the more marginalised someone is, um, you know, the worse it's going to be. And, I mean, you know, there's arguments to say... Um, going back in Australian history, I mean, Ned Kelly, um, for example, you know, was just someone trying to stand up for a fair go and look what he went through. And we could, yeah. well, yeah. we could digress onto issues of police power there, but um, otherwise we might take the whole show, which which we could do. Um, <laughs> but, um, you yeah, know, there are a lot of um, valid arguments. Um, you know, I'm, I... Well, regardless of my opinions, I'm going to say what the arguments where people advocate for the death penalty, um, let's, you know, I'm a believer in debunking myths. And I think, you know, that's, um, if that's, if the, you know, to go with your, opi you know, your opinion. So for your point of view, this, what are some of the arguments that we hear about the death penalty and why it might be needed? And I'll just say might in inverted commas. And how would you debunk them? Okay, there's three that come to mind immediately. First is the cost of keeping somebody in prison versus the cost of executing somebody. The additional conditions, the additional appeals and legal um, uh, safeguards that are applied to the death penalty in places like the USA mean that it's actually an incredibly expensive process. It's not... Um, as expensive as people, or it's not so much more expensive than keeping somebody in jail for the rest of their life. So I think the cost argument is on pretty weak grounds. Mm. The second argument is that it um, discourages crime, which is similar to the argument that putting people in jail discourages crime. And the USA, which is probably one of the world's leading um, exponents of both, and I've got to say China is much more, um, uh, much worse on both aspects, but uh, in the USA, it, it, that sort of approach clearly has not worked. Uh, they still have a significant crime problem. They still have significant uh, murder rates. So saying that the death penalty discourages crime is just rubbish. The third point that I was going to say is that people, there's often an argument that people want um, vengeance and that it's somehow satisfying to the people close to those who've been murdered. Well, not many, many people know it, but I've actually had a, a few years ago, there's a niece of mine who was murdered and I would find no pleasure in the people responsible for that being themselves killed. And there are other people like myself with similar attitudes. So I don't think there's really, I can't think of any argument in favour of the death penalty that really stacks up. Yeah. Look, first of all, a couple of things. Um, um, you know, just thank you for your vulnerability in sharing the personal story there. I think that's really, I mean, on a number of levels, um, that vulnerability. Second, if there was anything 
distressing in that for our listeners, please um, talk to someone about it. And for queer friendly services, um, QLife, including Switchboard, 1800 184527, uh, Lifeline on 13 And, you know, look, honouring that vulnerability, but also that sense of depth and integrity. And, you know, that, you know, you're, you're not falling, let's get, I think we'll bring another elephant, acknowledge another elephant in the room, an eye for, you know, an eye for an eye, that sort of approach. Does it really work? Are we sinking to other people's level? That sort of thing. I think, you well know, put. You know yeah. yeah, I don't know if that really achieves anything. And the other thought that went through my mind was, um, and I will, you know, give a clear content warning here, was the, you know, the terrible situation regarding Eurydice Dixon, um, where are we now, yes. two, three or four years ago, and how understanding Eurydice's parents were um, and, you know, just um, the, you know, the amazing, um, you know, sort of understanding and emotional intelligence that they demonstrated and many other people in the same situation. And, you know, um, I might actually acknowledge something that a you know a three CR volunteer, the sadly lately um, um, deceased Ralph Knight once said in a difficult situation, you know we you know we can use our heads, but it's better that we use our hearts and maybe our hands as well to resolve issues um, in that way. And, you know you know we might have to build physically something, but you know to just start rationalising is probably not the answer. The words of Kayleen White and Ralph Knight. Gosh, brilliant. Um, 3CR at its best there. Miss you, Ralph. Yeah, good, good soul. All right. Welcome your thoughts on this debate about the death penalty when we ret- when um, I come um, return after a track with part two of the conversation with Kayleen White. We'll talk about some queer-specific issues and also others. So let's have your thoughts. Um, out of the pan, 855 at gmail.com, SMS 61 Four five six seven five one two one five. Tweet at Sal Gold said so, and um, look for posts on Facebook. Sally Goldner AM and out of the pan three CR eight five five AM Melbourne. In the meantime, let's have a listen to a track from someone who just can, seems to get more and more impressive every day in everything, and that's Jimmy Barnes. And here's a track from his album from a few years ago, Working Class Boy, um, a cultural or classic that's been covered by so many people. Um, written by Steve Presswich, When the War is Over. 3CR, 855 AM, 3CR Digital, 3cr.org.au and 3CR On Demand, Out of the Pan with Sally. Thank you. 
in the Pacific have borne the brunt of nuclear testing and this was not done unconsciously. We found documents in the British archives saying that yes there is uh, certain hazards but only to primitive peoples, those that don't wear clothes and don't wash unlike us British. So the sort of racism inherent in this whole operation was known and understood from the beginning that these were the casualties of a larger imperial policy and that they were able to bear the brunt because there were very small populations and didn't have much political voice. And as we fast forward to today, we see that same thing. 3CR, keeping you informed about Australia's nuclear past and present. At such a time, it's important to have a voice like 3CR, steady, constant, sane, and committed to a nuclear-free Australia. What we're dealing with here is a total lack of respect for the law. Tune in to Done By Law. An informal and irreverent look at the law. Critical insights and analysis from diverse community perspectives. Done By Law, 6pm Tuesdays. Three CR eight five five AM, three CR digital, three CR.org.au and three CR on demand out of the pan with Sally first broadcasting noon until one every Sunday afternoon, currently Australian Eastern summertime. Thanks for your company. Um so yeah, um lots happening today, um and yesterday being um day of inter- uh, international day against the death penalty, standing for life and yeah, let's hope the wars are over. They cost lives in a way too that are an indirect form of death penalty for um, both those fighting the wars and innocent civilians. Um, so, yeah, uh, let's come back to our conversation uh, with Kayleen and um, have a listen to part two about what we talk about in relation to the death penalty, particularly in relation to LGBTQ people. The other issue, which is, of course... Oh, sorry, you've got some thoughts there. Yeah, I was going to say, I think the best... 
uh, way to address things is prevention. So mm. teaching people how to deal with emotional issues, teaching people how to have constructive relationships, teaching people respect, um, those sorts of actions to prevent crime, making sure that um, you know society is an equitable place to, to live and that we're not just yeah. trying to exist. Those are far more constructive um, ways of spending money on the situation, I think. Yeah, look, I was going to tap into that. You've really tapped into something. I know we said we weren't going to spend the whole hour of this program talking about police, but it's easy to tap into emotion and the sort of law and order and my, I want my property protected issues, which I think we do so much on law and order. And we often hear this statement of, you know, if we put more police on the streets, we'll prevent crime. Well, that responds to it, but it doesn't prevent it. And, yeah, we're going to need some obvious growth in police if there's a natural increase in the population, which up until recently there is, but whether that you know, continues with decreased migration in COVID times is another question. But even so, you know, are we going to prevent crime? And I totally agree with you that if we start looking at where crime happens, and a lot of it is because of inequity, you know, youth feeling like there's nowhere for them to go, youth of, we'll say, any background, any other intersecting background, um, people with um, a first language other than English, that sort of thing, mm -hmm. yeah. um, all those sorts of things. If we resolve those issues so they can get jobs, they won't have to resort to crime. And, you know, we see crime happen regardless of, how much people do the penalties and even not so much crime but civil offences like drunk driving, it's still happening um, to some extent and people think, oh, I'll get away with it or they don't think at all, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, building people up is a better option and then, <clears throat> you know, in that case we prevent innocent victims of situations such as those who are injured or, heaven forbid, killed in car accidents by others. So, yeah, there's better ways to go about it that build people up um, and prevent it, but I'm going to be a little tongue-in-cheek whether I'll say some elements of policing would like our approach um, because, gee, there might be a need for less police, which means, um, you know, less union members and organising clout. That's another issue. Um, that won't be said on a commercial radio station. But, um, you know, I think that we have to face this. I suppose the last thing that I wanted to, to talk about here is, you know, we are a program dealing uh, out of the pan, pan sexual issues. Yes. And, yeah. you know, let's just obviously make the linkage here for, and again, I'll use the term LGBT and how that is, um, you know, criminalised and perhaps what people, you know, what, where, where, you know, let's just get it on the record, what's, you know, where the issues are with that, but also how, <clears throat> and I know people do good work trying to change this, including Amnesty, who I think overwhelmingly are awesome, and I actually will acknowledge someone, um, Paula Gerber, who is now a lecturer. Yeah. Last time I heard was a lecturer at Monash University's law school. And when she was with Amnesty many moons ago, um, she put me onto the idea that, you know, we are in a connected world in many ways and, of course, connected now through technology, particularly at this time. And when people hear of an, a good advance for, um, I'll say, rainbow this time in um, one country, of course, it makes a difference. It could be just that inspiration people need to keep striving. So in relation to yeah. rainbow communities, um, thoughts on what we might do, particularly to assist those on the ground in the countries that we mentioned, the 13 that still have some form of death penalty as part of criminalisation. Well, Sally, first, as uh, as the first point, I'd like to say I, I met Paula when uh, she was part of Maywick. So, uh, yeah, very uh, impressive person. On capital punishment for, uh, well, the head, heading I'm looking at here says capital punishment for homosexuality. And as of July 2020, the nations that prescribe the death penalty include Afghanistan, Brunei, Iran, Mauritania, Nigeria, Saudi Arabia, Somalia, and the United Arab Emirates. Now, the information pack that I had from Amnesty suggested a number of things that we can do. This includes educating people about the ongoing injustice of the death penalty, inspiring people to take action, 
getting media attention, perhaps talking on uh, out of the pan, especially mentioned in the, the information pack, uh, inject human rights messages into social media conversations and putting global pressure on the authorities to act. So the information pack had a couple of examples, specific examples, and if anyone's interested, you can actually go to the Amnesty International website and there is a particular page which lists actions that you can take against the death penalty in general and specific cases. In addition, there are a number of organisations that are actively helping people who are at in countries that where they are at risk as a result of being LGBT. Uh, the only one that comes to mind immediately is All Out, but there are others, so I'll give you the, the links to those a little bit later on. But the main thing is speaking up and, for example, if you hear somebody around the, the water cooler when we get back to having a water cooler and being able to get around it, if they say something in favour of the death penalty, then you can always just quietly say, well, I disagree, and you don't have to necessarily outline it, but you can put in a, a quiet little bit of resistance at that simple basic level. If you want to take a little bit more action, the sort of action that I've been doing since the 1980s is writing letters and now writing emails, or if you want, you can write tweets. Um, send them to ambassadors of the country saying, you know, I think that the death penalty is wrong. And if there's plenty of words that you can use that you can get from the Amnesty page and from other organisations as well. So there's a few thoughts on what we can do at this stage. Yeah, look, all very good and practical thoughts. And yeah, also acknowledging the work of All Out as well. And so listeners, if you've got thoughts about this issue, get in touch with the program, out of the pan 855 at gmail.com, SMS 61456751215, on Twitter at Sal Gold said so, and posts on Facebook, Sally Goldner AM, and out of the pan 3CR 855 AM Melbourne. Love to have your thoughts on um, what Kaylin and I have been saying, and most, perhaps most importantly, what can, things what we can do. And, you know, I think everyone can play a part here. You know, sometimes people think, is this my issue? Well, you know, one, you know, that one extra bit could be the difference, that one letter just written in a certain way at a certain time. Um, letters, you know, I'm sorry, I've given my age away, but at least I didn't say telegrams. Um, you know, yes, emails, other, other means of communication in the 21st century seriously could just make that difference. Kayleen, as always, a pleasure to have a chat with you about issues that um, are part of our world, including rainbow communities. Thank you very much. Kayleen White on 3CR 855am, 3CR Digital, 3cr.org.au and 3CR On Demand. And, well, let's have um, a listen to a track from Anne Kirkpatrick um, about some of the grief that um, unnecessary death may cause um, in another context, but very big parallels. Here's a track called Many Mothers. 3CR 855am, you're on Out of the Pan with Sally. Them how to love and to forgive. 
3CR, 855 AM, 3CR Digital, 3cr.org.au and 3CR On Demand, Out of the Pan with Sally. First broadcasting noon till one Sunday afternoons. Thank for your company. I just heard from Anne Kirkpatrick from um, an album Cry Like a Man and, um, well, um, I'm not sure if there's a gender difference, but anyway, um, it's a great album because, of course, um, Anne Kirkpatrick, a wonderful performer in her own right, but had some... I think it's fair to say some wonderful genetic help um, with um, Slim Dusty and Jean McCann as parents. Uh, many mothers. And, um, yeah, um, there's so much there is, even if it's not directly a state-sanctioned death penalty, there is so much of it, whether it's war, whether it's, um, you know, um, many other things. And, you know, we, you know, we talked in that discussion about, um, you know, death penalties just for being... LGBTI. Well, um, overnight, the wonderful Australian rainbow blogger Alastair Laurie at Alastair Laurie um, um, on his WordPress blog um, put out a post that had me thinking, even before coffee, so there you go, um, entitled Scott Morrison's Broken Promise to Protect LGBT Students is Now Two Years Old. And um, two years ago, um, Prime Minister Scott Morrison promised to protect lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender students in religious schools against discrimination. He stated unequivocally that we do not think children should be discriminated against. Well, yeah, we all know a mountain of evidence for uh, rainbow communities of the damage that discrimination causes, including the very difficult situations of self-harm Difficult topic to mention, content warning for mentioning suicide. Again, if there is any distress there, please contact QLife on 1800 184527. So when we discriminate, and we discriminate against anyone who is vulnerable on any attribute or attributes, are we doing a sort of death penalty manslaughter type thing? Yeah, well, I'm wondering, and we don't protect people from it? A thought. Um, And... um, this promise was made following the Ruddock Religious Freedom Review. What a farce that was. A um, number of people I've heard of speaking up inside saying how one-sided it was, no written record. Ruddock just blatantly putting his own views onto people. I know of one witness who um, said, oh, I work for a queer organisation. He said, that's an offensive term. Well, maybe to some, but not others. And you're allowed to call yourself what you want. Um, it's, dare I say, Philip, it's the individual freedom to use whatever labels you want. Um, so no movement on that. Now, whether we'd get movement on this if a nas- if um, there was a Labor Party government uh, nationally, who knows? Um, 
And really, it's just got to stop. You can't leave vulnerable students and teachers. Let's remember that. Um, There's many, many stories of teachers facing the constant stress of not being able to be themselves. And if you protect children at schools, then why, why are you not protecting teachers? We all know that visibility and connection are so important for LGBTI people and having close by LGBTI role models is important. It's also the issue of, um, you know, if religious schools uh, get lots of government funding, why should they discriminate? And then the government picks up the tab through larger health bills and other costs for um, that discrimination. So, yep, um, a great article, as always. Alistair is a great blogger, very empathic, a great ally to those beyond his sense of identity, um, including um, um, he identifies, I'm not sure of the exact words, but would come somewhere around the area of cisgender gay man. And so he's very supportive of trans and intersex people, um, has a legal background, and um, I don't make outright recommendations, but I'd say pretty highly there's a blog worth subscribing to, along with Kayleen's, which I'll mention as well. Um, Some very thoughtful analysis on all sorts of issues there, as always, from our guest. Um, And I will bring up the name of that blog, um, Political Musings of Kayleen. That's that's almost logical as 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 well as intuitive. Goodness me, you'll never, um, you won't get, won't get a job in leadership nowadays with that sort of approach, Kayleen, says me just taking my tongue out of the other side of my head or something like that. Um, but of course, um, the other issue where we're talking, um, you know, sort of young people in schools at the moment, um, yesterday there was a protest up in um, Sydney against Mark Latham's bill to um, so-called... Um, bills um, to stop transgender propaganda. Now my tongue's come out the top of my head, around my ear and back through my throat again. Um, 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 And there was all sorts of shenanigans, police arrests, um, difficult stuff. Um, But it's interesting yet, and apparently there have been reports at this stage, haven't had a chance to just check in and double confirm, but I'll play safe. No reason to disbelieve anyone reports of organisers being fined. Now, were some of the organisers of those QAnon um, protests down here fined? The people who totally stole um, a John Farnham anthem at Chadston Shopping Centre, um, you know, have they, who organised that? Someone must have organised that, um, um, what do you call it, pop-up protest. You know, they just happened to turn up at the same time? Mm, yeah, sure. Have they been fined? Have right-wing media, um, you know, sort of criticised that? And that leads to another digression, um, Kevin Rudd in the last 24 hours or so has um, co- um, started a parliamentary petition calling for a royal commission to News Corp domination of Australian media. Corps, corpses, um, whichever, murder media, hashtag. Um, and this has been so popular that um, 38,000 people have signed in 24 hours and a lot of people I know, even in my own social media circles, have said they've tried to get on and the site's crashed. All I can say is keep trying, keep trying. I will be back there later today as well and we'll be competing against each other. But I think that that says something, 38,000 in 24 hours. I don't know how petitions go, but that's huge. I think people of all sorts, even those who might agree to some extent with um, the views that the murder media, um, sorry, Murdoch media put out there, sometimes, um, you know, I think are saying, well, we should at least have diverse opinion. Let's see where all the individual freedom boy types are out there. Um, on this issue, um, you know, will they be talking freedom of opinion anyway? Um, who knows? So, um, yeah. And so anyway, yes, um, balance in media is important. And I haven't heard a lot of criticism on a lot of commercial media and Murdoch or otherwise of these right wing protests and um, being organized. So, yeah, um, we'd have probably more discussion on lots of issues, including this. I don't want to give the um, bill by that New South Wales politician any more time, I will say, as Janet Rice did, fantastic um, um, out by parliamentarian, and regardless of politics, which um, is not the issue here, um, and also, of course, um, partner of a trans woman, um, the late Penny Wetton, who died just over a year ago, um, <clears throat> Janet, um you know, said, let's honour our wonderful trans people. And I couldn't uh, agree more. Um, And particularly our young trans people, I always say this, they're just such a tonic to see young trans people um, out and about, um, you know, sort of making 
um, making headway. People like Georgie Stone on Neighbours, Evie McDonald, who was on first day earlier this year. Many, many others. Jazz Jennings had her 20th birthday in the last week or so. Happy hippothuthuthuthuthuthuth birthday, as A.A. Milne once wrote to you, Jazz. Um, for this nearly 55-year-old chook in a pansexual, you are a tonic. And it says that if you're getting out there earlier and you've got some support, it just shows that we can have a chance of achieving our potential and being alive. Anyway, um, let's have some more music now. Um, and um, here's one from John Schumann and the Vagabond Crew, one of John's um, solo songs from the early 90s from the Behind the Lines album. He had a great band of Australian musicians together on this one. Here's the version of Safe Behind the Wire. 3CR, 855am, 3CR Digital, 3cr.org.au and 3CR On Demand, Out of the Pan with Sally. When the bodies were bagged and the telegram sent and the very last chopper had gone and you looked out the window of the 707 the airfield in Saigon Some of us thought that the war was over Some of us couldn't care less But you came home and threw a stay-behind party To try to clear up the mess I don't know where you are tonight I'm down here in a firefight Wherever you are, hope you're safe behind the wire We were fighting for freedom in Southeast Asia That's how the story ran Windy speeches about a domino falling From China into Vietnam But look back in sickness and anger Australia didn't honour her debt Non-commissioned officer Thompson learned that the war wasn't over yet Living on your nerves, living on the phone Sleeping in airports far from home Dusted off now and safe behind the wire And he gave and he kept on giving till he just couldn't give anymore. And he gave it away one morning in Sydney in a rust red Commodore. I remember Phil Best talking on the phone with a cheeky grin on his face. Cause royal commissioners and knights of the realm thought that Phil didn't know his place. I don't know where you are tonight I'm down here in a firefight Wherever you are, hope you're safe behind the wire There's still bagging bodies filled For 40 years have gone and The mums and the dads and the wives and the kids Still have to soldier on I'm down here in a firefight Wherever you are, hope you're safe behind the wire I don't know where you are tonight I'm down here in a firefight But wherever you are, I hope you're safe behind the wire media in this country, we as Indigenous people know, have censored our right of telling the truth and the truth is what this country is most fearful of, in particular Indigenous truths. Until history is told by the vanquished lens, which is our people telling our story our way, and have the right to be able to incorporate that into a system of learning, well, 
people are always going to be denied that truth by deceit and lies. When you look at the type of psychological warfare and spiritual warfare that Aboriginal people are caught in, it's not just in the sense of military when they talk about weapons of mass destruction, but you're right, it's in terms of the media and the industry of media as a warfare against our people and so is religion, I believe, in the Western sense. They're, they're all weapons of mass destruction against our, our people. We need to keep radical voices on air. Subscribe now. Go to 3cr.org.au forward slash subscribe or call the station on 9419 8377. of October 1970, the Westgate Bridge in Melbourne collapsed during construction, killing 35 people and injuring many more. 3CR will mark this important 50-year commemoration with a special broadcast featuring audio from our archives. Oh, I think it's uh, well documented why it collapsed. Uh, the uh, engineer released every second bolt and it just couldn't handle it and down it came. But for a while it was not exactly clear who had survived. First impression was that uh, I've never been in a war, but it certainly looked like a, a war zone. People couldn't wait and they were jumping in the water trying to get to save some of their mates. The Westgate Bridge disaster, 50 years on. Tune in at 2pm on Thursday the 15th of October. Three CR eight five five AM, three CR digital, three CR dot org dot AU and three CR on demand out of the pan with Sally first broadcasting noon till one Sunday afternoon. Thanks for your company. Yeah, a couple more um thoughts about where we need to be um valuing life in terms of all sorts of workplaces and um also um yeah, in terms of whether media are really valuing life when they we have certain media outlets who, you know, target groups of people in horrendous ways. Um, not really the answer. Mm. Um, so, yeah. And prior to the two announcements, we heard from John Schumann and the Vagabond crew from the second album they've released, um, which was um, called Behind the Lines. And um, the first was, uh, that was 2008. Lawson in 2005. I have to get my little mitts on that one. Um, John Schumann, um, the now sadly late Hugh MacDonald, Cat Krause, Alex Black, Sam Willoughby, Enrico, Mick Marina, other members, Michael Atkinson, Shane Howard, Marsha Howard, Russell Morris, Rob Hurst, Mike Rudd, um, Rod Smith, Dave Foley and Mark Krause. Some great Australian musicians in there, putting great Australian songs um, in there. Um, they also did a version of When the War Is Over um, and similar to... Um, uh, many mothers. They had Mothers, Daughters, Wives by Judy Small on that album as well. Um, Scott of the Riverina by Lee Kernigan. Band played Walsing Matilda. Ted, a red gum song. Um, I'll be got, um, you know, sort of, um, what else we got there? Um, Wings of an Eagle by Russell Morris. Wow, what a classic piece of Australian music. Um, so, um, things what are coming up very quickly. Um, good, to, um, good news is that the Melbourne Buy Discussion Group will be back as of October um, this month, and my mathematics says that is the 27th of October, being the fourth Tuesday of the month, and I'll never make federal treasurer because I can add up and get numbers right. Um, that is the case. Um, it's online, of course, still at this stage, um, but you can go to Buy, Buy Alliance's page on Facebook and look for the link there or get in touch with me and you can register via Eventbrite. Um, we ran a discussion group um, during the recent Stand By Us conference and with a combination of um, um, a video conferencing and captioning, it was accessible for most. So really important that we get that connection back and have bees buzzing in, so to speak. Um, what else um, coming up? Well, next Sunday, I've got a feeling the show might be overshadowed by various announcements. I um, heard on the way in that there'll be some announcements, but not as many as we would have hoped on the easing of restrictions um, next week. So, um, yeah, um, we'll keep an, eye, an ear on that one. Um, 
and go from there. Um, all right. Well, um, that just about wraps up the show. Thanks again to Kayleen for her thoughts. I'll put up lots of links into the podcast um, and under posts on social media um, that Kayleen mentioned for that. Take it out today with Midnight Oil. Um, there's a saying from T.E. Elliott, dare to dream with your eyes open. Well, we can have a dream world um, live on Earth. Thanks for tuning in to Out of the Pan. I'm Sally Goldner. Catch you next week. Mystery Rock!